Jimmy's back, baby. And we're going to wrap up the Ole Miss game, talk some recruiting, and probably talk a little Auburn coaching search because it can affect Alabama. So we'll get into all that today. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am tired. For those that don't know, I'm in the midst of a, a move, you know, moving a house, uh, and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're downsizing. So, so I've been uh, moving, really, for more than a couple of weeks, but it's really picked up the last day or two. Today was the big furniture stuff, and the, the movers were here, and, dude, I'm pooped. It looks like you're moving from a physical plane to an ethereal plane because you still have a hologram effect. But regardless, um, Jimmy, let's wrap up Ole Miss uh, because we didn't, you know, we had the podcast immediately after the game and then uh, I had a solo run, uh, which was not very well received, apparently. Um, yeah. That's okay. Use the, uh, uh, use the bad words. Um, but, use uh, the bad words, the words that they tell us not to use. That, but we accidentally do anyway sometimes, accidentally? Uh, yeah, occasionally. Um, but anywho, I want to say a couple things about Ole Miss that um, I've gone back and looked over. First of all, somebody did ask about Dallas Turner. Um, not the face mask, because, I mean, we already went over that. The face mask was, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal because somebody could have really gotten hurt. I don't think he had any malicious intent. The push, <laughs> the extra push – yeah, I mean, look, Ole Miss fans are going to go crazy about it. It's it's classless. Dallas Turner shouldn't do it. I would be totally okay if Nick Saban said, hey, I ought to talk with him about it. We just don't need to play that way. I don't think it's worthy of a suspension any more than I think uh, the player who punched Kendrick Law is any more worthy of a suspension. I just don't want him to do it. There are too many cameras. You Look, in the old days, I'll never forget there was a running back for Tennessee – uh, back in the early 90s, I think, um, from Detroit. He, they used to have all these tough running backs, if you remember. And I can't – his name I can't remember. But I remember he talked about – everybody was talking about, how did you get prepared for the SEC? He said, uh, I played high school ball in Detroit. People hid needles in their wristbands, and in a mm -hmm. pileup, they jabbed you. And I was thinking, oh, my God, that sounds horrible. And also – if I did that, I would literally jab myself with my sweatband several times. <laughs> yeah, um, I would mess that up. I, I would uh, I, I would die a friendly fire if I tried to pull something like that off. You know, anytime one of our players does something uh, that's not sportsmanlike, I get upset about it. I don't like it. I might even comment on it, and I'll come and, and I agree with you that that what Dallas uh, did was uh, unsportsmanlike. It deserved a penalty. Uh, it deserves a closed doors talking to from the coaches, which may have happened. We don't know that it didn't. If you just assume it didn't, you're just choosing to believe it didn't. And if you think that it did, you're just choosing to believe it did. We don't know. We'll never know. Uh, but it may have. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't rule that out. And, again, if he had been penalized, that would have been fair. Um, but a suspension – 
look, if we're going to suspend players for stuff like that, then every team, including you, Ole Miss, uh, will have players suspended every week because something happens on or off the camera every week that's uh, not sportsmanlike. Uh, I have not myself noticed Dallas Turner, who's basically been a starter now for over a year and a half. Uh, I have not noticed uh, Dallas Turner being what I would refer to as a dirty player. I've seen our kids do stuff before. I've I've called a couple of our own players dirty players in the past. I wouldn't call Dallas Turner that. He might should be on our radar. Uh, and, hey, you don't really know what's going on on the field in terms of what's being said between – players uh one thing i noticed in the game which is kind of neat that you bring it up luke uh is bryce and in, in what was his best play the the best play he made the touchdown i, I thought to uh, jacory brooks i thought was his best play in, in the sense that he had to dodge a whole lot of uh traffic and uh he was almost sacked a few times it's just one of those magician plays that bryce makes and the cbs cameras caught him uh they stayed trained on him and then right when the play is over, Bryce talks to the Ole Miss bench. Now, he's doing it with a smile on his face. I'm sure whatever he said was probably more funny or a jab than something completely classless because that would be unlike anything we've ever seen Bryce do. But uh, I, I stopped it, rewound it for my wife to watch, and I'm like, I have never seen Bryce Young talk trash in my life, and I think this is the closest we'll ever see see it, so I'll rewind it so she could watch it. It's just kind of funny, and, and it's like, hey, you never know what's being said down there and, and, and the way it's interpreted, and gosh, there can be some pretty bad things said down there in the scrum. So uh, I, I'm not over, you know, I, I'm not overdoing the Dallas Turner thing. I think he, he, he deserved a penalty. They didn't see it. They didn't call it. He, uh, you know, maybe the staff has talked to him, maybe not, but uh, it would be different if I felt this was a repeated pattern of unsportsmanlike conduct. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you something else. Bryce did the same move, meaning talking to the bench at the LSU game when he moved around a lot, then finally hit Ja'Cory Brooks for the touchdown. Uh, they caught him like just sort of – smiling and nodding to the LSU bench. Of course, we ended up losing that game, so it didn't have the same effect. But, um, you know, and here's one other thing I just thought of. Look, we we have not killed your Corey Brooks on this show or anything, but we've also said, hey, we feel like he should be doing more. But he obviously um, has a chemistry with Bryce because it feels like whenever Bryce is in trouble, it's Ja'Cory that makes the play somehow. If there's yeah, a play to be made, if a play is made, it's Jacory. But um, so I wanted to talk about that. Then the other thing I want to talk about, and this is um, th this is so funny to me. I remember watching this in game, and I I haven't had the stomach to go back and watch the whole game. I usually like to watch the entire game, but this game had me so tied up in knots. Um, we had an interception in our hands. I don't know if you remember the play. I, I think it was in the third quarter, but I'm not 100%. It hit Jordan Battle in the hands. I remember it. So in the handsy. It hit him so good in the hands that he batted it down a la Rolando McClain in the 2009 Iron Bowl. If you remember the last play of the Iron Bowl, Auburn throws a Hail Mary. Rolando McClain swipes it down. That's what it looked like. And when that happened, uh, and, and again – uh, this is a weird flex, but Brian, pa my buddy Brian Pasick was here watching the game with me. I said, I've never seen that before. 
it it hit him, and this is why we don't have a lot of interceptions because we cannot catch the ball. We we are not good at catching the American football on interception. I, do you remember that play? Did it? I do. It, yeah, it, it was just you? a flat drop. It was just a a, a he horrible. swatted it. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it was a drop. It was a a terrible attempt at catching a football. That's what I would say. <laughs> that was like an attempted catch of a football that was just really bad. Kind of like a like an an attempted murder. If you're trying to murder someone, but you you're not successful, you've only attempted it because you you know you tried to shoot them, but instead shot the uh, Durham Bull mascot, like the the pitch in Durham Bull. No, no, Durham Bull. It, you know, it would be. I would take it a step further. It was like you tried to stab them with a bar of soap. I mean, it was something that like couldn't you, you tried to uh you know shoot them with a ball of cotton candy, something that made no sense. I mean, because Jordan Battle is a good, good player. player. He's a good it, player. It, it, it was it was wild to me, but he intercepted anyway, that ball at the end of the Tennessee game that was taken away from him due to the inter, uh, interference call on Brian Branch, but Battle made the game saving interception to win the Tennessee game they just flagged Brian Branch for a pass interference and it you know maybe you know it was probably interference but I've seen it not called you know no, I mean it was it you know it's like okay 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 that's interference but why don't you call all the other interferences yeah. <laughs> you know well Jimmy um I need to tell, go ahead and tell everybody now about our good friends over there at LinkedIn. Of course, you know about LinkedIn. They're the absolute best. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster. We use them at our company. I'm sure On3 probably uses them because they're just awesome. I, I can't guarantee they do because I don't work at On3, but I bet they do. Look, all you have to do is uh, go to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may, and I bet they do apply. Um, all right, Jimmy, uh, let's talk a little recruiting very quickly. Uh, right. James Smith and Quay Russo did not go to Auburn this past weekend. Um, a lot of people were talking about that. I have some Auburn friends that uh, are 100% convinced that both Smith and Russo want to go to Auburn, but they're not sure they can because of the uncertainty in the coaching situation. I don't think that's the issue at all. I, I don't believe that. Um, I believe it's going to be as much about NIL and, and development as it's going to be about anything. This is my personal belief from my own personal information gathering. I don't think it's about uh, Cadillac crying on the sidelines after they beat Texas A&M. I don't think it's about – and Auburn did, to their credit, it was a great environment. And um, I went on a rant about that on another show today about how – when the this is why the Pac-12 sucks, because see, when you have UCLA and USC playing this weekend and it's not full, and that's yep. a rivalry, 
but Auburn fills it up with three and six versus three and six. Alabama has had 101,000 people show up for a spring game. South Carolina used to sell out when they were winless. That's what the SEC is all about. That's the difference. But I digress. Um, it just means saw, more. It did not make it. So give me, give us the latest on them. Those those two and Keeley, Keon Keeley are the ones everybody wants to know about. So just fill us in. Yeah, I mean, uh, my position on Russo and Smith has been the same for, for several months. I'm uh, optimistic. That's the word I'm going to use. I'm optimistic that it's going to be Alabama on signing day. Nothing has changed. I do agree that Auburn is a legitimate threat. Uh, I'm not ruling out. They could they could end up signing with Auburn. I think they're familiarizing themselves with Auburn and all their trips over there. I know they didn't go this weekend. I think they've been there four or five times. That's, you know, I've had a couple people on our board freak out over that fact. But look, he's three, and the games are 45 minutes away. And I don't know how many of y'all have been to college football games, but they're sort of fun, uh, especially when the tickets are free and you have good seats and you're into football. Uh, and that that's uh, that, that, and they're 45 minutes away. I mean, if I was a prospect and I was a baseball player, let's say, and I love baseball and I'm an Alabama fan and it's four hours away and I think I'm going to go to Alabama, but I'm not going to Alabama this weekend. And somebody says, hey, we got tickets behind home plate for Southern Miss versus LSU in Hattiesburg. And Jimmy, that's only an hour and 10 minutes away from Mobile. So let's go. I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. I mean, you know, it's not a huge deal that they've been to Auburn so much. Peter Woods came to Alabama on about 40 different occasions over three years. He didn't, he's not signing with Alabama. So, uh, but I do think Rousseau and James Smith are going to seriously consider Auburn after they make their new hire in, in December. I, I believe that. But uh, today, uh, my story is the same. It's been for weeks and months. I think it's going to be Alabama. Keon Keeley, I also believe it will be Alabama. I will say this, uh, uh, you know, my projection is Alabama in terms of like confidence, you know, which, which is what, what they, they encourage us to do it on three in terms of making an RPM, you know, a recruiting prediction machine, entering a, a prediction in the recruiting machine. Uh, I would say my confidence is a little lower because I'd sort of hoped that Keon would have made his decision for Alabama by now or at least have a commitment date. I think the longer it goes on, the more nervous I get. I can't speak for Alabama or their staff, but I think the longer it goes on, it gets a little more nerve-wracking. But again, I'll say the same thing. I'll say about Rusan Smith. Uh, my projection today, Luke, is that, uh, hey, if we're projecting who's going to sign with Alabama on December, uh, I'm, I'm adding Keeley too. Uh, I think it's Keeley, Rusan Smith to Alabama. That's what I think today. Uh, thankfully, uh, all I've got to do is tell you guys what I think is going to happen, and, and I don't lose a million dollars when I'm wrong because this is going to be the craziest recruiting month ever in the history of college football recruiting. I'm not kidding, and, and I've been pretty accurate about things going back to February, March in terms of the landscape and, and how, how crazy it's been, whether you're talking about Ruben, you know, Owens to Louisville and – and Rashada flipping to Florida and Cormani McLean signing with my or committing to Miami and not Florida. I mean, stuff like that is going to be the norm. It's not going to be the outlier. It's not going to be like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me is going to be every day in December. Uh, this will be the wildest December. And you're like, why? Why is it different? Why is it different? If you don't understand that it's different, then you haven't been following recruiting every day for the past few months. <laughs> NIL is what's different. Uh, and that's why. 
December will be the most insane, crazy recruiting month of all time with flips and shocks and, hey, it's going to affect Alabama in a negative way. Go ahead right now. Write it down. Get used to it. Don't jump off the building when it happens. Go ahead and accept it for a fact right now. But here's the good news. It's also going to affect Alabama in a good way because we'll probably pick up one. For every one, we'll go, oh, no. There'll be one we're like, wow, didn't think we'd get him. I mean, it's going to be sort of like that. And and then in the end, the way it's all going to turn out on signing day, I think Alabama will be number one, which will be amazing that despite the massive changes in the landscape, Alabama's still number one. By the way, it was Aaron Hayden, the running back I was thinking of. I did a quick Google search while you were talking. Aaron Hayden, the running back from Tennessee, from Detroit. I'll never forget that article because it terrified me. Um, I was like, remind memo to self, don't ever play high school football in Detroit. Um, anyway. I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so on to recruiting, uh, Steve Wiltfong had a what they call a Fong bomb um, yep. and said, hey, I expect – uh, a lot of changes. I don't remember the exact tweet, but a lot of uh, maybe an exodus at Texas A&M, um, yep. and that could really happen. That that is a hot and heavy rumor right now. I sort of picked right. up on it, and I mean, I, I was being uh, being a little tongue in cheek, but at the same time, like, man, how cool would it be if we could go get us an Evan Stewart? Good Lord yep. Almighty! Um, but again. Who knows? None of that stuff's going to happen. But when it's not, this is not just message board innuendo when a guy like Steve Wiltfong, who's pretty well respected, I would think, in the recruiting industry, is saying stuff like that. Oh, no doubt that he is. And I think it's interesting when a Wiltfong says that and others say it. And I'm not here telling everybody that Wiltfong's wrong or that, uh, that, that there won't be uh, guys at a portal. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. NIL deals. I mean, you can't, on the one hand, say to yourself, if this is something you say to yourself, all those kids are signing with AM because of NIL deals. That's why they sign with AM. So if that's your opinion, you can't also have the opinion they're all jumping into the portal because they're not happy with what's going on at AM. Those two things totally are in con- conflict with one another because NIL deals are contractual in nature. There's a contract that the kids sign, whether it's with Fansville whether it's with uh, a cash app or whether it's with your school's collective or whether it's with your school's directive, which is what Miami has with Ruiz. Directive means one person or one business and not a collection of, of businesses owned by boosters or boosters acting as middlemen, uh, you know, to, 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 sign, to get NIL deal signed. But my point is it's contractual in nature. So don't assume that all these AM guys are free to go somewhere. They may have to stay right where they are to collect money they signed up for. Or it might be in their NIL deal that, hey, you're getting this, but you can't leave, or you have to give us the money back. I'm just saying that NIL deals are contracts. What are in those contracts? It's the Wild West, right? It's not uniform. It's going to be different, not only from one school to the next, it's going to be different from deal to deal. So, Everyone assuming that all the AM guys are just climbing in the portal, some of them may not be able to, or some of them that's like, hey, uh, my deal is I get X amount of money uh, in my third year, but I got to be here in my third year to get it. I mean, I don't know. 
I'm just saying that you can't believe that A&M signed all those guys because of NIL money and then also be the same guy that's thinking they're all leaving because that's that's not going to be easy in every case. It might be in some cases. You know, what's funny is we might get to a point where we have player buyouts like coaching buyouts. You know, like a play, if a player says, hey, I got it, my contract, my NIL contract says I have to be here to all my third year, you know, what if – uh, Kentucky tells Missouri if they're going after somebody, hey, we'll just pay you that. Plus, we'll buy you out of that, and then we'll pay you extra or whatever. I mean, it's, right. it's bananas what could happen. But anyway, well, Jimmy, I need to- Well, put it this way. Put it this way, Luke. Put it this way. Uh, let's use Bryce because he's our most famous NIL guy. He's obviously getting paid a significant amount of money from Dr. Pepper for his Fansville commercials, a significant amount of money. He might've been paid up front. It might be a check that comes in monthly. It might be a check that comes in as each commercial airs. I don't know. It's going to be different from deal to deal. But the point is, let's say Bryce up and announces, you know what? I'm not going to play for Alabama anymore. I think midseason, you know, you know where I got my eye on? Uh, I got my eye on Maine. I want to be a Maine black bear. And I hear they have a cool FCS program. And I think black bears are like, really cool nickname. So I'm going to be a main black bear. You think Dr. Pepper is going to go time out? We don't we pay you millions because you're the face of college football in Alabama, but at Maine, the only person watching you play football will literally be black bears in the woods. And we that's, Hey, Bryce, you can't do that. That's Mr. Pib country. <laughs> All right. Let's no, an example of that. Every kid with NIL deals just aren't free to hop in the portal. There's contracts here. All right, I need to tell everybody about betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your spending, betting info and spending. Uh, stats, news, analysis, whatever. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. I'm talking about all of them, from football to basketball to soccer to esports, whatever. They got it covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline.net as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device because it's so easy to use your mobile device these days. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, we're running out of time a little bit, but I want you to give your assessment, rundown, whatever, of the Auburn coaching search right now. Well, as we speak, the Lane Kiffin rumors are rampant. Uh, I don't have a source close to the situation. I wish I could just sit here and tell you I know exactly what's happening. I can just tell you based on who I talk to, based on what I read, based on what I think. Uh, I do think at this moment it's likely to be Lane Kiffin at Auburn. A little surprised myself. Uh, and that's just because of the way I look at it. Look, I'm not on the inside. I don't know everything that Lane knows. And I think NIL and collectives could be a big reason. It, I, I think – I don't know that Lane will answer the question honestly uh, in his press conference, but I do think if Lane leaves from Ole Miss to Auburn, I think his uh, opinion that Auburn is going to be more aggressive with bigger pockets as it relates to NIL deals could be a major reason why. But from where I see it, uh, from the 1,000-foot mark looking down – to me, Ole Miss and Auburn are about the same program, and I say that in, in, in a couple of sense. Number one, all SEC uh, uh, programs are better than they've ever been in history due to the, the TV deals. Uh, Ole Miss makes what? Uh, from the SEC, they get, what, $40 million a year, just like Alabama, just like Georgia, just like Florida. I mean, 
it's an insane amount of money that every SEC team gets it elevated everybody. You might say, well, Ole Miss at Auburn. Well, Ole Miss is probably what? Top 20, top 20 program in terms of money that comes into the athletic department from football that they re-spend on football. That's how I rank programs, the money that they generate and the money that they spend on football. That's what top programs are. Ole Miss is top 20. Maybe Auburn's a few spots ahead of them, but it wouldn't be that much. And so to me, it's sort of lateral jobs. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a little confused now. Lane's going to have yet another school full of fans that will despise him, just like at Tennessee. Uh, you know, now Alabama fans will despise him. It'll feel to some Alabama fans like this is treachery. Uh, you know, you're, you're identified with Alabama and Nick Saban, and now you're going to coach at the most bitter rival, you know, in-state school. Uh, so, you know, I have a lot to say about it. We'll talk about it on the next show, too, because uh, for recruiting, uh, that's how it's going to affect Alabama, Luke. How, how the Auburn hire affects Alabama is recruiting. Uh, because now we're sharing the state with somebody who at least has a good reputation. As I can say, that was the same. Harson who didn't even get really a chance to recruit. He didn't recruit well at all. Not sure he was given a fair chance to do that. And even before that, Gus Malzahn, to be honest, uh, Gus had his a handful of recruiting wins like Derek Brown and others. He had a handful of wins. But overall, my opinion is Gus Malzahn did not recruit well at Auburn. And that explains their uh, – gigantic inconsistencies when he ran that program. Lane will be an upgrade uh, at Auburn in terms of recruiting, probably the best since early in the Tuberville uh, reign. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for subscribing and all that stuff. We appreciate you guys a ton, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.